From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, Dr. Sophia Thomas, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast, bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. Nurse practitioners are lifelong learners, actively seeking the latest healthcare research, treatment options, and evidence-based tips to improve patient care. The Journal of the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, or JAANP, is one publication that I and thousands of other AANP members rely on as a dependable source of peer-reviewed research. JAANP was founded 35 years ago by Dr. Jan Towers, and today the journal continues to fulfill its aim to be the leading research-based scientific journal providing cutting-edge information in practice education, advocacy, research, and leadership for all NPs and others with an interest in the nurse practitioner role. Today, I am excited to speak with Dr. Elaine Desimond, who recently succeeded Dr. Kim Curry as JANP Editor-in-Chief. Elaine will share insights about what happens behind the scenes at JANP, from writing scholarly articles to publishing a successful edition. We'll also hear about her illustrious career, having graduated from one of the very first NP programs at the State University of New York at Stony Brook, and contributed to her community and the NP role as a practicing NP and as an NP faculty. Elaine, welcome. We are so glad to have you as our guest today on NP Pulse. Thank you so much, Sophia. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, we're so happy to have you, and you've got such an amazing career story and been an NP for a while, and I'd like for our listeners to really understand, for the first of all, how did you become an NP? Well, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. I guess you could call me among the second wave. I finished my NP program in 1981. No one really knew what an NP was. I finished a program in critical care nursing. So in 1981, I was a critical care nurse practitioner. There was no such thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it was was a very interesting time for me. I was able to to take a job um, as a hospitalist. There were a group of NPs and PAs who were covering the house. This was unheard of. This was not something that was done back in the 70s and 80s. And we created this very dynamic group, interprofessional group. We covered for one another. We um, we covered the emergency room, the nursing home that was affiliated with the hospital and about a 200 bed hospital. During the day there were attendings at five o'clock, it was us. And so I had a trial by fire as my new NP role unfolded. During that time, I did get a full-time job, and that was totally out of my realm, doing osteoporosis research trials. So I joined a group of endocrinologists in a hospital-based and national lab practice. So I got to go to Brookhaven National Lab, work on osteoporosis research tools before DEXA. Um, We did neutron activation on our patients, which is not done anymore. But I learned about academic medicine, scholarship, research, writing. I was included in their team and spent three years doing that. 
right after that, I became a faculty member. So that became my major full-time focus for 37 years as a teacher of nurse practitioners. And throughout that time, I kept the job as the hospitalist on the weekends and um, really enjoyed learning how to be a teacher for the next bunch of years. Um, I then was able to uh, get my doctorate and forced to get my doctorate, I have to say, um, which was okay. But back then you couldn't be a faculty member even now without being uh, having a terminal degree. So I, I got my PhD and then went into private practice with one of my former students for six years. And that was just incredible. I learned about reimbursement and access to care and prejudice against nurse practitioners from every group possible and how to fight yeah. that. Along the way back then, I became president of the Nurse Practitioner Association of New York, was part of the group that um, earned not quite full practice authority, but back in 89, um, prescriptive authority, plenary prescriptive authority. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things together back in my early career, I think helped to form who I became in my later career. Now, for the last 15 years, I've moved into primary care. I work in a clinic for the uninsured um, part-time. It's a volunteer position. Um, but I've come sort of full circle from my first days in nursing school out in those community health centers. And now I'm back in a community health center. Um, it's been a marvelous career. In 2021, I retired from full-time teaching, thought I was done. Um, and then this job came up and I thought, I'm not done. <laughs> I have more to say and I have more to contribute. And so that's where you find me today. And, you know, you've got such an amazing history. And when you talk about in the 1980s, practicing as a nurse practitioner, I mean, uh, you're a pioneer of many sorts because, you know, totally unheard of. Talking about the practice, I practice myself in a community health center and I love it, um, caring for the patients. Um, but all of this has led you at, to this new role as the editor of uh, JAANP. You and I both served on the JAANP editorial advisory board. All these positions are volunteer. They're not paid. You give up your own time, but you're really influencing uh, for you, you know, the journal and um, what the content is and what in, NPs need to know and learn and hear. So before you became the editor of the journal, you were on the editorial advisory board. What did you learn as a volunteer board member? And then how did that experience inform your view of all the work that goes into publishing um, such a prestigious peer-reviewed journal? I joined the, the edit board in 2013. Before that, I had been a peer reviewer since the journal came out in 1989. And I think that I became a peer reviewer because I would do anything that Dr. Jan Towers asked of me. All of us would, absolutely. If she says, we want you to do this, you said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She, she asked people back then who might be interested in contributing to this new project that, that she and Donna Nativio were doing, and others, obviously, um, many others. But I thought, okay, well, I can peer review. And you know, back then there were no courses in how to peer review. We just called people who had done it before and said, is this right? 
Did, is this yeah. okay? And yeah. and we learned together. But the vision back then was to have this journal by and for nurse practitioners. And I was right on board from the beginning. In Absolutely. 2013, I was asked to join. Um, and that was under uh, Sharon Pearson. And I was, I think I spent a few years just in awe when I would go to board meetings and listen to the people who were there before me and who had really brought this journal forward from 89 to 13. I just wanted to do what they were doing because they made it sound so exciting and they made it sound so intriguing and innovative and really used the journal to push what nurse practitioners could do for patients and for the science of nursing. Um, so, so that's what I've learned under the two first editors. In, I think it was around 19, I became a column co-editor for the Fellow Speak column. And there I learned a lot more about the intricacies of what goes into making a column. It's just not the peer review, but it's the, it's the idea from conception to print um, mm -hmm. is what I learned on a very small scale doing the fellows speak. And then when, when Kim decided that it was time for her to step down, I don't know that I really understood what I was getting into. I certainly have learned the, the volume, the intricacies, the, the absolute craziness in terms of deadlines um, in the last couple of months working with Kim as we transitioned to me. It's an enormous undertaking. But people ask me, are you having fun? I'm having fun. <laughs> That's great. You should be having fun. And let me take a step back real quick. A lot of people don't realize, well, first of all, what peer-reviewed means. And, and second of all, what it means to be a peer reviewer. Because I think a lot of our listeners would probably qualify. What does it mean to be a peer reviewer? Yes, yes. I think that that's an important question because we always need peer reviewers. We need a large body of people with wide variety of experience to read what's being submitted so that we can really take advantage of all perspectives. To be a peer reviewer is a lot less intimidating than it sounds. It's not a matter of knowing grammar. It, <laughs> although, you know, that does help and many of our peer reviewers do give us grammatical suggestions and corrections. But that's not what the role of the peer reviewer is. The role of the peer reviewer is to look at and look at a manuscript, whether it be something in their area of expertise, always helpful, but it doesn't have to be. You can be a peer reviewer from the perspective of, gee, I'd like to learn about this topic and be able to constructively evaluate and you know constructive criticism if necessary. Does the author make sense? Does the author take you on a journey? Does the author, can that author write to instruct people within their specialty or without, not within their specialty? The peer reviewer is just one step in getting an article from manuscript submission to seeing it online or in print. Um, and that that step is the, the very important step of, yes, this is meaningful. This is appropriate for nurse practitioner development and science. And um, we think you should take another look at it. Or we think you should go back to the author because this is not clear and this is not clear. So the peer reviewer forms that crux of evaluation that is bounded on both sides by the editor-in-chief and by the senior associate editors. And now I'm very happy to say by our research editor who can look mm -hmm. at um, peer the peer review from a 
uh, a methodological perspective and does this does this method make sense for the study number one and how the method was done correctly for the study so mm -hmm. the peer reviewer forms this very integral part to the whole process of getting us published absolutely and the peer reviewers again are all volunteers as well so i'm sure if there are any listeners right now who would like to volunteer to be on the peer reviewer list, um, that's something that you would probably be interested in. To peer review for for the journal is very easy. Send me an email. I will write back and thank you forever. And then I will enroll you in the peer review cadre um, on the journal's website. You have access to a free peer review course and you can have as much help as you want. We can pair you with someone. We can have someone evaluate your peer reviews to make sure that you are comfortable with what you're doing. We don't ask our peer review panel to review more than a few manuscripts a year. And for that reason, we need a large number so that we're not going back to the pool and asking the same people. Let me ask you this, how many articles of submissions does the journal get each year? Well, that has gone up according to my predecessor. And we are for 2022, about 350 manuscripts. So wow. that means at least one a day for the editor. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, And then how many get actually get published? I mean, that's a large number. Obviously, everybody can't get published. Right. So about a little less than a half to a half get published. One of the things that was instituted during uh, Dr. Kim Curry's tenure was a category of evaluation called revised before peer review. So what, what I will do is take a manuscript, look at it. And if I think that the manuscript has good bones and has good structure to it, but yet I know it's not going to make it through peer review because there's some things that are glaringly obvious to me on first blush. I will send it back to the author and, I'd, and I'll say, take a look at these things, get them fixed up. The author then gets to have a fresh, clean manuscript that has been already reviewed somewhat to go out to peer review. Even with that process, we accept about a little, a little more than half of our manuscripts that come in. That, that's amazing. And I did want to take that step back because for a lot of our listeners, I think they don't need, you know, when we say peer reviewed journal, what does that mean? So I really appreciate you explaining that. Um, I think it's important to understand that when you hear the word peer reviewed journal, that you know, it's scientifically sound and experts have reviewed it and the content is high quality that you can trust. You know, you really do join a short list of remarkable nurse practitioners who have served as the editor-in-chief of JAANP. How did their work and, and everything that they've done uh, inspire you and impact you as you take on this new role? Wow. Well, Jan Towers, I, I don't know what else could be added to the list of accolades. Um, and so she she was someone who I just admired so much in my early career. And the fact that she envisioned the journal, that she just thought that this was going to be the success that it is 35 years later. Mm -hmm. um, so she she really is one of my heroines. And, and Sharon Pearson, 18 years she was editor 
in chief of this journal and she developed it. She, Jan initiated it, got it off the ground. Um, Sharon really developed this journal into many more features than it was in the beginning. She was very deliberate and very caring and very encouraging of new people on the board. And I think that that's an important aspect for a leader to recognize that just because there's an editorial board member sitting with you at the table doesn't mean that they that they have the expertise that you'd like them to have. And uh-huh. and and Sharon did a lot to develop that among all of us. Dr. Kim Curry took what was a already great journal and then added a lot of features which made it so much more robust. We have a journal club every three to four months that is online available to people to discuss our one of the continuing ed um, issues. We often get the author. That was Kim's initiative. We now have increased our reach through post-publication publishing. We have members of the editorial board who work with our authors to get them to increase Twitter knowledge to get them to increase other social media um, knowledge so that more people are being drawn into the journal. We do a monthly podcast. And while that has been challenging, Kim made it seem very easy. It's been a bit of a challenge for me in the beginning to learn the, the mechanics of it. But I'm, I'm in love with this podcast because it enables people who want to read the journal to get a brief little summary of what's in there. So it's a, it's a drive time podcast that gives you exactly what you want to hear about what you want to read this month mm-hmm. in the journal. I'm going to give a quick plug for the August issue because I interview Dr. Kim Curry and what she has done over the past um, five years as editor-in-chief. So I just think that each of them has been the consummate professional, the most expert NP, and their leadership styles encouraged others to want to be just like them and to further our profession. To get in, to get involved, and I can tell you, you know, having served on the editorial board, it's amazing, you know, when you have these meetings and everybody is is really up to date on current events and what's going on clinically in the world, and um, you know, making suggestions about content um, that needs to be covered uh, by, you know, what can we do, what can we focus the journal on um, this month and that month, and really planning way ahead of time. You're talking, you know, months and months and months ahead of the publication date. So a lot of work goes into it. And I think it's really important for us as nurse practitioners to read our, our professional journals to stay up to date on, you know, the latest and greatest and the most current um, topics. Um, let me ask you this, as the new editor-in-chief, what is your hope for the journal? What, what is your vision and what is your plan? I know you've already said um, Kim and Sharon have made it great and it is a wonderful journal, but you know, we are always growing and expanding. So what are your thoughts, your hope for the future? Well, I, I now, after being on board for about three months, can answer that question. One of the things that impresses me about the submissions and a direction I think the board and I will go in more so is the aspect of interprofessional work to care Mm -hmm. for patients and international work 
to care for patients. I see submissions, in fact, in, in the um, August submission, there's a 12 country international study on NP decision-making. I was so excited to see that. And I want to see more of that. The other, the other aspect is interprofessional. We have so much more in common with so many of our colleagues than there are differences. And I think that when you live in a political world, organizational world, you, you can get really torn up in the differences and who should be doing what and what is our role in taking care of the patient. I think that we need to focus more on how we work together. Again, this month's journal, there's an article on NPs and physician associates, PAs, um, and physicians. And so I think that the more of that, the more that we can work toward the common good, um, I would like I would like to see that. That's great. And I was going to say, you know, we are more similar than we are different. And we all treat our patients uh, expected to meet the same standards of care. Um, there, there's only, you know, one quality way to treat diabetes. Nurse practitioners don't do it different than physician associates, than physicians. We all have to meet the same high quality standards of care as we are treating our patients. So I think, you know, that focus on interprofessional is really, really important. And it's important for people to understand. Yes. It's, it's been my philosophy of caring since I'm a brand new NP and the physician associates, then assistants supported me in 1990 and 91, when New York State said, NPs, there's no such thing in law, you will not practice. Mm -hmm. And rather than lose my job, I was helped and protected by the physician associates who were on board with me as hospitalists. And I learned that early lesson. And, and it's an important one. I agree with you. Yeah, I think we should work together. Now, I know there's a new JANP column um, from my perspective. Tell me about that. That came about because we had conversations with the board's DEI committee, and they wanted to know from us about two years ago, what were we doing to really get the message out that AANP values diversity, values equity, values inclusion. And I have to say that we first talked about as a board, oh, we do this, we do that, we and we realized we could do more. And so it was a granular, organic column that arose from our conversations around DEI. We have two relatively newer board members who are running this from my perspectives. And it is for anyone who is a nurse practitioner in the world who has something they'd like to share who has a gripe, who has a solution, who has a, an innovative thought about role, uh, about patient care, about getting along. Um, and it's to ensure that the AANP and JANP keep up with our population. I think we're over 130,000 now. And that's a growing population of people entering the profession. And so we want to be relevant to people who are entering the profession, been in the profession for you know a short period of time, and who also are mature and have, have something to say. We felt mm -hmm. that that column really rounded out our editorial features um, to include the genomics column, unraveling the genome, and also mm -hmm. the fellow speak column, which is similar to 
from my perspective, um, but that one is just for fellows to relate their experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, so how can nurse practitioners get involved with the journal? And uh, let me ask you this. Do you have any advice for those that want to submit research to the journal? So two questions. How can people get involved if they want to? But then for those people that really would like to submit a column, because I've heard from a lot of people that say, I'd like to submit something. I don't know what to do. Um, what can you tell us about that? I'll take your last question first. Okay. I think that if you look at the author guidelines and you've never published, they can be very intimidating. And so I recommend that if you have an idea, then perhaps take a look at the different categories of uh, articles that we accept. See if your idea would fit into any of those. Send me an email and I can help you through that decision process. We do lots of developmental writing with authors. And so don't be intimidated if this is your first time as an author. We will help you do that. Let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned uh, the author guidelines. Is that on the website? So if someone is in need of advice about what to do from the very beginning, if they've never authored an article before, send me an email and we can guide you a little bit from the from the editorial board how to and what to submit. If you have something written already and you just are not confident enough to send it in through editorial manager, I will take a brief look at it online through an email and then help guide you in that respect. And then once it comes into our system, I did talk a little bit before about review and revise before peer review. And so if you want to go for it, go for the gusto, send that article in. And I just may say to you, you know, let's do this, that, and the other thing, and then we can send it off for peer review. So know that JAANP, that our journal is really supportive of developmental writing and will help you through that entire writing process. That's amazing. I'm very encouraging of people to contribute to science as nurse practitioners. I think it's incredibly exciting. And I think that writing is not a gift. Some people are better writers than others. Writing is not a gift. Writing is hard, requires oh, yes. perseverance, and requires humility to say, gee, hmm, I, I may be able to say that in a better way once you receive feedback. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so are there any other ways that NPs can get involved in the journal other than submitting articles? Absolutely, yes. We have several initiatives also started by Kim Curry. One is our editorial mentorship. We initiated a, several years ago two positions on the board called mentees. Now, they're, they're positions that you apply for. It's a rigorous application. We review the position, uh, we review the applications um, as a board and accept two people for a formal mentee experience on, on our editorial board. They will learn to peer review. They will learn to function 
um, as an editorial board member so that they have the opportunity after that. It's not an absolute guarantee that you become a board member, but you have the opportunity to apply for board membership uh, or go somewhere else and apply for board membership. So it really is a preparatory course, if you will, um, a loving course on how to become uh, a board member. And also we do seek applications. We have um, we have an active board. We have many board members who have been on our board for, for years, many who go off after their term is over. And so in September, October of every year, we look to replace those people and we submit uh, an application, uh, a, a request for applications on our website and through social media. And we take on new people. So there, those are two, those are two opportunities for um, interested people to work with our board. That's great. And you know, so many people say, I want to get more involved with AANP, what can I do? And I, and I have to say, there are so many opportunities to volunteer in so many different committees, and certainly with the journal. Um, and it's just a matter of uh, looking on websites and and seeing what's available and putting your name out there. But, you know, I think certainly joining and getting involved is so, so important. I really appreciate you joining us today on NP Pulse, Elaine. I think uh, we're so excited that you are the new journal editor. I think that I really look forward to seeing what you do with an already amazing journal, but uh, your vision is inspiring and hearing your story of how you became a nurse practitioner all those years ago is just so impressive. I think I'd love to talk to you more about that sometime. That's just, when you talk about nurse practitioners back in the 1980s, um, you know, that was 40 years ago. It's just um, amazing. So thank you so much for joining us today on NP Pulse. Thank you. It's been my absolute pleasure, Sophia. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Elaine, and thank you to all who are listening. As a reminder, free access to JAANP is one of the many advantages of AANP membership, and the August 2023 issue is currently available online right now, featuring scholarly, peer-reviewed articles on congenital myasthenic syndrome, NP leadership and practice, quality improvement findings, and much, much more. Now you can also listen to JANP's podcast, Here's the Issue, which summarizes each monthly issue of the journal. It's very interesting. You may also consider being a peer reviewer, contributing to this leading research-based scientific journal that empowers NPs globally. If you're not yet a member of AANP, please visit aanp.org to learn more about JANP and to explore all the benefits of AANP membership. There will never be a better time to join the top national organizations supporting NPs. I hope to see you in Austin at the 2023 Fall Conference. Please join me September 7th through 10th to earn up to 18 contact hours of CE credit and connect with nurse practitioners from all over the country. Members save at least $175 off the non-member registration rate. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, 
be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Thank <laughs> you.